Welcome to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with my co-host. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Our co-host is not here today. Pastor Leversey is out and about. He's on vacation, but we got two uh, our two 18 fill-ins. Pastor Mark Daller is with us, and our producer, Mark Daller, son of Mark Daller, Timothy Daller, is in the uh, studio also. He's He's doing the board, and he's going to yak with us as we go along. Uh, we uh, we have a Memorial Day coming up. We've got to talk a little bit about Memorial Day, and um, then we're going to talk about the the uh, the horrible, awful uh, school shooting that is just is just so so sad that it's it's not uh, you know, you're just not capable of grasping it, but. Uh, Anyway, God's on the throne, and we'll trust God that uh, that He's He's still in control. Uh, but we are going to uh, discuss it. We should have. You know, we're going to bring it from a, a biblical perspective, and uh, that's what we do here. The only show in America where you'll experience the fusion of church and state. So we give uh, we give our politics a biblical perspective, and we give our cultural issues and events a biblical perspective too and if ever we needed a biblical perspective on an event this school shooting uh god's people need to to uh speak up and uh make sense of it all from from scripture all right we uh we do have memorial day coming on let me just welcome my guys uh reverend mark deller thanks for coming on Good to be with you. You always, uh, you always come in a pinch. Pastor couldn't be here. He's on uh, taking a few days vacation with his family. And Tim Dowler, Tim, mm-hmm. thanks for coming. Yeah, I'm always here. Tim is, <laughs> Tim is uh, on staff here at, at Fellowship Baptist Church, where we, where we broadcast down on the bowels of the church, where, uh, where from nobody secure can location. Yes, yeah. what is it? Uh, Levin says um, he has this. I forget what it is, but it's good. By the way, we're going to talk about. Uh, I stole several articles from the Mark Levin show that are very good that he uh, that he read on his show. So, uh, full disclosure, I stole them from his show. I think that's legal. Um, he just took the found these articles that are very good that are very timely and speak to the uh, shooting issue. Let's just talk about Memorial Day for a second here, and it's coming up. My my boy is. Um, in the army, and this is my first Memorial Day having a son in the army. So he's uh, he's all grown up now, and he's he's down in Fort Benning, Georgia. So Memorial Day, of course, is is a day where we remember those that died in in combat. And uh, one thing that he has to do, uh, Zach, my son, in the army, they they have to learn about a particular soldier who um who who perished uh bravely in combat you know these are usually decorated uh posthumously decorated guys and um they make you memorize uh the lives of these guys they don't forget they don't forget you know no soldier left behind and they don't no soldier left un, uh unremembered anyway but um now, of course, that's not uh, possible to be completely true. But the 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 great the great man that died uh, bravely, um, they're remembered. They make you remember, and I love that about it. So here's a piece from uh, David Barton, who's always a great go-to guy at WallBuilders.com. And I know uh, Mark, you uh, are familiar with yeah. David Barton. Uh, Tim, I think you too. Mm-hmm. And we've all read and uh, listened to his videos, but. So, just a little history on Memorial Day. Um, so he say, he makes a good point here, uh, just in terms of the providential perspective of war, because war is is awful, and I've never seen it, but I've heard enough about it and read enough about it. We all understand it's an awful, awful thing, but God has a purpose for it. If you look at, if you look in the Old Testament, God uses war to expunge evil. Mm-hmm. Like when they went into the promised land, God used war to expunge the the uh, the wicked people that were in the promised land. 
So he has a purpose for it. David Barton says here, War is a significant part of biblical history and God's interaction on earth. He has gifted certain individuals to be fighters. We should honor those who have served our country in war just as we honor those who serve in other significant ways. The appropriateness of giving honor and remembering. So it's appropriate and biblically correct to establish holidays to honor those who come before that. Uh, before us, and we know that intuitively, right? By nature, God puts that in us. De- Deuteronomy uh, 32.7, Barton quotes here, Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, and he will show you your elders, and they will tell you. Well, you know, it's interesting that, uh, and, and I'm glad you uh, uh, brought that point up about uh, how the uh, the military uh, remembers their fallen uh, uh, comrades. But as far as uh, a biblical perspective on Memorial Day, it's it's interesting to note that in the Bible, there's only two biblically correct holidays. Now, the Jews have certain holidays in which they observed uh, certain things. There are seven feasts. There are mm-hmm. seven holidays. And uh, as Christians, we obviously, we enjoy uh, Christmas, and, uh, and we recognize the sacredness of Easter. Those are our two significant Christian holidays. But as far as the Bible perspective, there's only two biblically uh uh, correct holidays, and it might surprise you to know that uh, it's Memorial Day and Thanksgiving, hmm. because throughout the scriptures, and you you just included one of the scriptures, is we are told and admonished to remember. Remember certain things. Yes. As the Jews were were, were uh, progressing through the land, every so often God would tell the leader to tell the people to erect a a uh, monument or something like that in order to that they would have a uh, landmark to remember a significant event. Yeah. And so uh, there's uh, Memorial Day. We're called on to remember, and also we are uh, Thanksgiving. How many times in the Bible does it tell us to uh, to be thankful, to be uh, you know uh, of God's blessings on our lives individually and as far yeah. as our, our nation as a whole? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's really interesting um, that those are the two <laughs> holidays in the Bible. Uh, so, eighteen sixty eight, after the Civil War, General John Logan issued a proclamation calling for a special day each year to decorate the graves of the men who had died during the Civil War. So I'm reading from David Barton's uh, post on this. His proc- uh, proclamation read, in part, the 30th day of May, 1868, is designated for the purpose of stru- strewing with flowers or otherwise decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of their country. That's what this is uh, holiday is about. It's about those who died, remembering them. Uh, during the late rebellion, which was, of course, the Civil War, and whose bodies lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet, churchyard in the land. And initially, this annual commemoration was known as Decoration Day. By 1890, every state recognized Decoration Day. 1918, after World War I, the name Decoration Day was changed to Memorial Day, in order to commemorate those who died in all American wars. 1968, the Uniform Monday Holiday Act, because uh, politicians, we like to put them all on a Monday, get that three-day weekend, <laughs> which which uh, um, you can't do with 4th of July or, uh, you know, we would have done it. Um, but uh, there's something about – I think there's something about uh, putting it right against the weekend that – diminishes it because it, yeah. it 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 creates this three-day weekend and and um, our flesh loves uh loves to party more than to remember those who died exactly yeah and, and you know but guys we have that three-day weekend th- that holiday tends to get pushed aside and and uh, you know i know that there's some uh, uh ceremonies even in in our area 
to uh, there are several monuments with names uh, uh, on the monument to remember those from World War One and World War Two, and and perhaps some 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 of the other wars of uh, fallen uh, soldiers and sailors uh, and airmen that in our area that yeah. have uh, you know given the ultimate sacrifice. I like what Lincoln said about uh, giving the last full measure of devotion. Yeah, yeah. He's he was. Uh he was uh, such a wordsmith. He was a great writer. Yeah. And Lincoln could, uh, uh, but yes, those are great words. Um, so Barton continues in his article, War, uh, War is part of God's word, and then he gives uh, different verses. And, of course, we know that uh, because anyone that's read the, the Old Testament knows that it's, uh, um, you know, the, the Pentateuch especially, um, Book of Exodus and uh, uh, Deuteronomy. These are these are books where uh, God's people are at war, and He has laws about war. For, for example, um, um, nobody under twenty. Boy, uh, 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 Americans serve at eighteen. My boy went in. Um, I think he signed when he was seventeen. When he was eighteen, when he went, actually went to Fort Benning, but you had to be twenty years old. And uh, there's a marriage thing, too, there. Um, if you're married, uh, there's a certain law, too, that God takes care of you there. Well, well, well Jesus taught a parable about about the, uh, the person who had a feast and, uh, and invited certain people to come. And one guy said, I've married a, I've married a wife, and I, cannot, I can't come to, to your, to your uh, banquet. And really, that was the thing that, you know, that you uh, it w- a newly newlyweds uh, the the newlywed particular <laughs> the husband he was given the time off yeah. uh, from work and yes and, and I believe that's the law in war too I'm yeah. right there on that yeah. I believe so um, uh, but uh, uh, you know the, 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 these were if, I just I just read through this uh, the last couple of weeks but um, just talking God God gives tells stories of these great soldiers who took on like 300 men yeah. uh the guy who went in down into a pit and killed a lion and and uh god makes uh demonstrates and and uh, sets apart these these magnificent stories i believe for boys to look up to and and when they read the bible or hear the hear these stories it, it creates manhood within their within their mindset yeah, we're losing that in our society and in worldwide and particularly in the united states the uh you know that uh, uh, godly manhood is kind of—it's being uh, diminished in our country. Well, man, men are being men have been ridiculed and uh, made fun of, uh, and fatherhood has just been all but all but destroyed in the last fifty years in America, and uh, so we're paying a price. And uh, this—we're going to talk in the next segment coming up. We're going to bump out of this segment, but. Uh, in the next segment coming up, we're going to, t- we're going to talk about the shooting and uh, these these kids, these boys. It's always boys that that uh, commit these crimes, these murders. Always come from some kind of a dysfunctional house uh, with no father or no no relationship with their father, and uh, the evil they do uh, is is awful, and they deserve to die for it. But uh, had he had a father, um, and I don't know his whole story, maybe he did, but um, I do know that almost none of these kids that do these evil acts have a, a relationship with their father. So uh, w- uh, there's a book, and I wish I brought it with me, but uh, there's a book about this, and I have it in my, my bookshelf. Um, but uh, one, one book is uh, War on Boys by... Uh, Christina Hoff Summers, I believe, is the author. All right, so next segment, we're going to talk about the shooting, and I've got some really interesting articles. We'll have great perspective from uh, Dr. Mark Daller and from uh, Tim Daller. They're both sitting in with me today on the Voice of Truth radio show. Pastor Leversey is on vacation, but uh, we're, uh, we're going to record anyway. We miss him. We'll get him next week. Right now, we're going to forge ahead. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger. My co-host, Pastor Leversey, is not in the house today, but we got the A-team 
charging in and seated, ready to go. Mark Dowler, pastor of, what's your church again, Pastor? Middle Ridge Baptist Church. Middle Ridge Baptist Church. Deer Walk, West Virginia. Deer Walk. Um, And Tim Dowler, his son, who is on staff and produces the show here at Fellowship Baptist Church where we broadcast. All right, so we're going to jump into the school shooting. And uh, shootings don't aren't a surprise anymore. It's not like we're shocked about a, it's almost a ho-hum thing, but this one was so awful. Um, it was, um, well, how many kids? 19, 20 kids were shot? It was all one classroom. This guy went in, barricaded himself, and just started shooting at will. And the teachers were trying to get the kids away. Teachers, two teachers were shot, and it was just a, wholesale uh, slaughter. Yeah, I was watching some of the coverage of, uh, of uh, this horrendous uh, shooting, and uh, someone commented that uh, when the authorities went in that uh, they, they just could not even recognize uh, some of the, the children they had oh, been slaughtered Lord. so, so uh, horrendously. You know, it's a cliche but, uh, that it's every parent's worst nightmare, but it is... Can you imagine these these poor parents? I I just ache for them. I pray for them. Uh, we're all we're all dads in here. Mm-hmm. We understand what it would be like to lose a child uh, in any form or fashion. But this way, um, uh, I saw the, uh, the picture. I don't know if you all saw it of a mom. But she had her arm on the elbow of uh, what who I assume was her husband, uh, and she had her hand over her face, weeping uncontrollably, because it was either her child she lost or a grandchild she looked a little older she and and uh, just what a horrible nightmare so i was listening to the mark levin show i, I do my <clears throat> nightly walks i start like 10 o'clock at night when everyone's going to bed <laughs> so i won't be bothered on the dark streets of north vienna and um, there's not many cars there's some um, and there's even some walkers out there from time to time. But I always listen to Mark Levin's podcast because he's he's so good on most things. And he read, so I'm stealing this from uh, the Mark Levin show, but uh, this article was by J. Christian Adams that Levin read. Uh, it's called Flashback 30 Years, Guns Were in Schools and Nothing Happened. So this is a fascinating article that I'm going to read to you verbatim every page every word and it uh, because it addresses uh the article uh, the title of the article talks about guns but it addresses culture too so hang tight and uh we'll, we'll, we might stop and start throughout the article and, and uh let the gentleman uh comment so this by uh, just just for a note this wasn't written after the the tragic shooting in texas this was published in 2018 after a shooting in Florida. And to show you how many there are now, by the way, the last 50 years, there has only been one year where there was no school shooting. And that was in 2020 during COVID. But uh, 50 years ago is when um, in 62 and 63, we took the Bible and prayer out of schools. That was a great idea, wasn't it? Uh, don't teach kids to love your neighbor as yourself. Don't teach kids to love God. Don't teach kids to obey the Ten Commandments. And uh, I believe this is part of the fruit of what we're seeing from doing that. Yeah, you know, uh, again, I was watching some of the coverage, and uh, they had a uh, the sheriff of the neighboring county of where this uh, tragic shooting occurred. And, uh, you know, they were monitoring the situation. He, he sent uh, some of his deputies over to assist. Uh, but this this Texas uh, sheriff uh, on national television just uh, I, I said he said what we really need above all else is to bring God back in wow. the schools. That's great mm-hmm. to hear. Yes, Amen. That's Texas. I mean, Texas has got a lot of liberal enclaves like uh, Houston, but there's a whole lot of God uh, God fearing people in Texas. All right, let's get to the article here. This was published again, uh, originally published in 2018 by J. Christian Adams, and this is from PJ Media. The a millennial generation might be surprised to learn that theirs is the first without guns in school. Just 30 years ago, high school kids rode the bus with rifles 
and shot their guns at high school rifle ranges. That's coming back in West Virginia, by the way, DNR. We just passed a bill. After another school shooting, it's time to ask what changed. So this was a school shooting in Florida in uh, 2018. Cross guns off the list of things that changed in 30 years. In 1985, semi-automatic rifles existed, and a semi-automatic rifle was used in Florida, in the Florida shooting. Guns didn't suddenly decide to visit mayhem on schools. Guns can't decide. We can also cross the Second Amendment off the list. It existed for over 200 years before this wickedness unfolded. Nothing changed in the Constitution. That leaves us with some uncomfortable possibilities remaining. What has changed from 30 years ago when kids could take firearms into schools responsibly and today might involve some difficult truths. Let's inventory the possibilities. What changed? The mainstreaming of nihilism. Nihilism simply means no God, no absolutes, just uh, do whatever we want to do. What changed? The mainstreaming of nihilism. Cultural decay. Chemicals. The deliberate destruction of moral backstops in the culture. A lost uh, commonality of shared societal pressures to enforce right and wrong. And above all, simple, pure evil. Before you retort that we can't afford, uh, that we can't account for the mentally ill, they existed forever. Paranoid schizophrenics existed in 1888 and 2018. Mentally ill students weren't showing up in schools with guns even three decades ago. So it must be something else. Those who have been so busy destroying the moral backstops in our culture won't want to have this conversation. They'll do what they do. Mock the truth. There was a time in America before the snowflakes when any adult on the block could reprimand a neighborhood kid who was out of line without fear. <laughs> you remember those days, guys? The paddle in school, remember those days? Yeah. Even 30 years ago, the cultural, uh, cultural still had invisible restraints developed over centuries. I'm going to read that again. That's a profound, profound statement. uh, Even 30 years ago, the cultural still had invisible restraints developed over centuries. Those restraints, those leveling commonalities, were the target of a half century of attack by the freewheeling counterculture that has now become the dominant replacement culture. Hollywood made fun of these restraints in films too numerous to list. The 60s mantra, don't trust anyone over 30, has become a billion-dollar industry devoted to the child always being right. A sometimes deeply medicated brat who disrupts the classroom or escapes what used to be resolved with a paddling. Remember those days? I remember those days. Instead of telling the kid to quit kicking the back of the seat on a plane, we buy seat guards to protect the seat. If you think it's bad now, just wait until the generation whose babysitter is an iPhone is in high school. You can hardly walk around Walmart these days without tripping over over a toddler in a trance staring at a screen. The high school kids who shot rifles in school in 1985 were taught right and wrong. That might be the difference, gentlemen. They were taught what to do with their rifle in school and what not to do. If they got out of line, all the other students and the coach would have come down on them hard. There were no safe places, say, uh, sorry, safe spaces, and that was a good thing. Culture is a powerful force for good. When good behavior is normalized and deviant, destructive deba- uh, behavior is ostracized, shamed, and marginalized, you get more good behavior. Considering evil in this debate makes some of you uncomfortable, but evil bathes all of these shootings. I'm reminded of Justice Antonin Scalia's spectacularly funny and profound interview in 2013 when he toyed with the New Yorker reporter about evil. Scalia said, you travel in circles that are so, so removed from mainstream America that you are appalled that anybody would believe in the devil. Uh, Scalia chortled, 30 years ago, kids who brought their rifles 
to the high school shooting range didn't wonder about evil and cultural decay. They simply lived in a time in America when right and wrong were more starkly defined, where expectations about behavior were clear, and wickedness hadn't been normalized. The idea that guns caused the carnage we have faced is so intellectually bankrupt that it isn't worth even discussing. Remembering where we were as a nation just 30 years ago makes it even more so. It's time to ask, what changed? So what changed, Reverend Dallek? You know, I, as you were reading that, I, I remember I graduated from high school in 1975 from a public high school. And um, I remember back in the, in the mid-'70s where uh, students would, uh, you know, the, the – the, uh, uh, the teenage uh, boys uh, would, uh, you know, drive their pickups to school, and it wasn't wasn't anything uncommon to see a gun rack in the in the back of a pickup. Uh, and and our uh, my particular high school did have a <clears throat> uh, a shooting club, and uh, and we're taught uh, gun safety, but uh, also that that article brought out the fact that uh, there was a those unwritten rules. There was common respect for. For people, for people's property, and for people's dignity, you didn't, you know, and uh, those were those invisible boundaries that we all uh, were taught by our our parents and grandparents of proper behavior mm. in society. But yeah. we are we are so far away from that these days. Sad to say. So uh, one one of the lines, the one that I re- repeated, talks about. Let me see if I can find it here. But it was so profound. Um, that uh, I read it twice, uh, even 30 years ago, the culture, 30 years ago, and that, that wasn't that long. You said you graduated 75. I graduated high school 83. Things were starting to change then, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's uh, so one of the books we're going to do in the next segment, uh, Mark Deller and I are going to talk about uh, um, like the last three books we've read or five books, whatever you brought in. Um, uh, we're just going to talk about books. We like to read. We're, we're fellow readers. Uh, one, of the, one of them that I read just uh, uh, was called The Long March, How the Cultural Re- Revolution of the 1960s Changed America. The 1960s changed everything. But uh, the Bible says the curse costless shall not come. So this book, and it's not necessarily, uh, I don't. he's not a believer necessarily, but he understands, he's a great writer, Roger Kimball, um, he understands intuitively, like the rest of us, that something happened in the 60s and that the social mores were, were tipped on their head and they came from somewhere, and as this, our mores did, and as this article says, even 30 years ago, the culture still had invisible restraints. I love that term, invisible restraints, developed over centuries. Well, where, how, was that, how were they developed? They were developed because we're a nation founded on God, birthed by the Great Awakening. That's, that's our heritage. We, have a, we are a Christian nation. Now, we might be post-Christian now, but we're a Christian nation founded on God's laws, and that is that is what created that those invisible restraints that are now dissipating like a mist. Yeah, it's the uh, the, uh, the Judeo-Christian ethic that we we hear so much about. That uh, our our country was founded on the principles of the of the Old Testament uh, Ten Commandments and the uh, the teachings of Jesus Christ in the, in the Gospels. Yes, in in the Pentateuch. The Decalogue, you know, the Pentateuch, first five books of the Bible, which we talked about Deuteronomy and some of the some of the laws of war that God created, and um, you know, uh, I, 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 I go ahead. You know, you you mentioned a, a word that really stuck with me, uh, and it's the word nihilism, uh, emptiness. Our our society, our culture is just devoid of any kind of certainly logic or reason, but and and uh, or moral standards. But it's interesting that it probably in the 1960s these some thoughts really began to deteriorate and it's the, the four basic questions that every person really uh, needs to answer themselves uh, and and it really comes down to who am I and which speaks to our identity and boy those are issues today that we're we're having <laughs> grappling with is you know whether to 
determine what gender they are. Mm. So who am I? The next one is where did I come from? And and that speaks of our origins. And, and uh, you know, evolution has it, it, uh, had a devastating effect in our, our public schools, mm. uh, particularly because it teaches the survival of the fittest uh, and, and uh, that we came from animals. Yeah. And if you're taught that long enough, then you, that you're nothing more than a, a sophisticated animal, then you begin to act like that. Here's another one. Where am I going? Speaks of direction. Boy, people have no idea where they're going in mm-hmm. life or even in eternity. And here's the last one is why am I here? And this is a big one, purpose. The, these folks that, uh, these young people that go into schools and things like that, uh, they have no purpose. Uh, you know, many of them are, are mentally challenged. Many of them have mental uh, and emotional issues. But the particularly, uh, but our young people today have no purpose. Uh, teenage suicide is on the on the rise mm. and that's sad and we have a whole generation of nuns coming up n-o-n-e-s this generation that doesn't doesn't believe anything uh of uh, of substance and and it's because that our generation has taught them that there isn't anything to believe of substance so um, we have to begin to teach truth Teach them that there is a God that created them, that loves them, that died for their sins, that they can have eternal life and has a purpose for them. And that part of that purpose is obedience to Jesus Christ and to stand up for what's what's right and what's wrong and to do uh, what's right and not do what's wrong and to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. The two great commandments. All right, we're going to cut out of here for just a second and we're going to come out, come back, talk a little bit more about the uh, the shooting that uh, tragically occurred in Texas. This awful, awful thing that uh, I just always think of the parents because I'm a I'm a dad, and I got uh, three youngins, and um, so uh, Mark Dallar and Tim Dallar, who's with me, are also dads, and we can we can any 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 dad or mom can can. Um, feel the, the, the pain somewhat of, of what we're seeing that uh, these these poor parents and families have to go through. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the picture on uh, on social media of all the kids, the kids' faces. They're, 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 most of them are, are uh, Mexican, little Mexican kids, cute as pie, every one of them. And um, it's 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 horrible but all right so we're going to talk some more about it in the next segment and then mark Dallar and i are going to talk about books for a segment and then we're going to do our world famous etiquette segment we're going to talk about cell phone etiquette this is good stuff you guys will <laughs> like this so uh all right folks um you're listening to the voice of truth radio show with mike azinger and uh, we'll be back right after this Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger. Pastor Leversey is not with us today. He's on vacation. And in the house, we have the A-team, Mark Daller, pastor of... Middle Ridge Baptist Church. Middle Ridge Baptist Church, Dr. Mark Daller. And his son, Tim Daller. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome, Tim. Tim's not talked much this time. I remember Tim since he was a kid, and he was always quiet. But... but uh, he uh, opens his mouth and says smart things, so we want to encourage him to do more of that. But thanks for coming on, Tim. And he works here at the church, produces the show, very smart guy, um, in spite of who his uh, daddy is. Um. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> his mama, though, his mama is a great lady now. He's got one wonderful, excellent parents. All right, so we're going to talk about, uh, do one more segment on the shooting in Texas, this horrible shooting, and had a great story. I hope you didn't miss it last segment um, from a guy. It's, it's a story from 2018. I heard it on Mark Levin's show. Uh, Jay Christian Adams, flashback 30 years, guns were in schools and nothing happened. Great story. Look it up, Google it, read it yourself. Uh, this one is by Charles Cook with National Review, who I have abandoned uh, uh, a number of years ago. I took National Review for like 20 or 30 years. 
But uh, anyway, this Charles Cook guy, I also heard this on uh, LeVin's show. I should just play LeVin and uh, not, not have to come to work and do the show myself. Yeah. So, so anyway, this is no, no, uh, Joe Scarborough. Nobody in Texas has gutted the gun laws at issue in Uvalde. Uh, that's in Texas. So this is Charles Cook responding to Joe Scarborough, who used to, you know, Scarborough, who has his own show on what MSNBC with his with his wife down there. He used to be a, a uh, fairly conservative Republican congressman. He was on Fox, and he's gone so far left that he's uh, essentially useless. So he uh, fired off, um, said, "Look, instead of." Um, so there are several here. This is Scarborough's tweet. There are several here who fit the definition of, uh, and calls them bad names in this picture. The picture is the Governor Abbott, um, that uh, his press conference with all these, uh, all these people behind him, law enforcement, Ted Cruz, and so on. And uh, that's the that's the one that we all heard about now, where Beto O'Rourke goes up and just starts screaming um, at. Not screaming, but yelling. Um, so, Scarborough tweets, there are several here who fit, uh, in this picture, who fit the definition of a blankety-blank in this picture, but none of none go by the name of Beto. Look instead, Beto O'Rourke, look instead at the freaks who keep gutting gun laws so 18-year-olds can buy weapons designated for war to go into schools and slaughter babies. That is sick, Scarborough said. So, this is... This is uh, the response by Charles W. C. W. Cook from National Review, and he says this isn't true. Texas has had the same laws governing the purchase of rifles for decades, and none of the people in that picture above with the governor have gutted any of them. The 1968 Gun Control Act set the rifle buying age at 18, and since then, Texas has followed suit. As a matter of fact, the only changes made in this area since that point have been issued by the federal government. And those serve to tighten rather than to loosen the rules. In 1993, Congress passed the NICS background check system, which the shooter in Uvalde passed, by the way. He went. To, he passed the. He passed the inspection. Mm-hmm. This boy that he wow. passed. No gun law is going to prevent him from going into the school. Uh, the only thing we can do is lock down the schools and put somebody with a gun inside these schools. You, How, know, you know, it's interesting that uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, some congressman was pointing out that the the, the uh, present uh, uh, proposed uh, package of. Uh, uh, Money going to the uh, to the U- Ukraine in their in yep. their war mm-hmm. uh, by thirty billion dollars. They said you could take that same amount yeah. and put uh, higher, like even retired police officers yeah. to yeah. in in every school in America the same amount of money. Yeah, in which I think people are just going to scream. Well, about how how did he get into the school? T- he walked. Well, uh, shouldn't. I mean, most schools around here, there's locked doors. You got to be buzzed. I know. Be buzzed I, in I, I don't know if he knew somebody there, but uh, I don't know if you've seen the video where he he just walks in. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I my boy went uh, to Williamstown for a couple of years, and I I had to go up and take him something, and you don't go in, you don't just no. walk in. So that's already the case for I I would say probably. Most every school in the country mm-hmm. has some kind of security like that. Yeah, but uh, teachers need to be armed. Mm-hmm. They need to learn to use guns and be armed. And these two gals, I mean, it's horrible. These two ladies. Had, what if they had had guns in their drawer and had been trained to use them when the when this guy he, he killed with an AR-15, two twenty-three. That's what he killed these teachers and these kids, these children with. Mm-hmm. Uh, had these teachers had guns, they could have at least offered some kind of self-defense, saved some some lives. Um, so anyway. Well, I know I know some people have, have argued that if you have a gun in classroom, a, kid, um, a child could get a hold of it. But there are safe ways to storage, mm-hmm. whether it's like a finger, whether it's a fingerprint safe where yeah. you just put your hand on it and it opens up. Yeah. So there are ways to secure a weapon in a, in a, in a classroom. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's right. <clears throat> that's a, a mm-hmm. great, obviously, and uh, it, it, uh, uh, 
Yeah, exactly right, Tim. I, I understand, C.W. Cook says from National Review, that Joe Scarborough would like what happened to be Greg Abbott's fault, but it really isn't. Indeed, not a single law that Abbott has signed since he became governor even intersects with what happened at the school shooting. From start to finish, Texas's laws would have uh, treated this purchase in exactly the same way in 2012, 2002, 1992, 1982, and so on. In other words, same laws have been in place forever, and <clears throat> there's nothing that could have been passed to, to prevent this. So that's, uh, that's uh, Charles C.W. Cook's take on just in terms of, of the gun laws. Guns, you know, these gun laws. Texas, uh, Texas isn't even as free as West Virginia up until just recently. West Virginia has had uh, constitutional carry, which mm-hmm. we passed several years ago. And Texas passed it after us. You know, you think of Texas as a, uh, the gun-toting state, which I assume it is. But West Virginia even had uh, constitutional carry before that, which means that you can have concealed carry without having to pay a permit. Yeah. So some people carry open carry. Mm-hmm. Do you know anyone like that, Tim? Uh, I know a few. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So if anyway. It's, if it's legal to own it, it's legal to carry it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. There you go. All right, so can I read one more thing? Tim, uh, Mark Dowell, are you are you chomping at the bit here to say no. something? Okay, so I want to read one more thing here. Uh, there's just been some really good writing on on what's happened so far, and um, there's a, a gentleman I follow. I heard him speak at a David Barton conference down in uh, down in Texas several years ago, and I followed him on. Facebook since then, Lance Walno, or Walnow, I'm not sure how uh, how you pronounce it, but he was so good, he was so good on, uh, at, at his speech he gave down there, he's, he's got a wild, wild testimony, just what happened, he was going to a military school, and some guy came on the campus illegally preaching the gospel, gave him a gospel tract, the guy was summarily kicked off campus. Lance, uh, this is 34, it's probably 40, 50 years ago. Lance Walnow uh, got saved through the gospel track and never met the guy. And every time he speaks somewhere, he tells that story in hopes that the guy will be in the audience. Hmm. But he's never found him. So um, this, um, this is from t- today. So how much time I got here? Let me just go two minutes real quick quick just do a couple paragraphs of what Lance Wall now the uh, uh, believer says to be honest if you support the slaughter of a million innocent lives up to nine months of age you can spare me the histrionics and moral outrage over the senseless slaughter of the same human beings a couple of years later in a tragic school shooting in other words if if you're pro-choice and you're all upset about these school shootings you're a hypocrite uh, you should be as upset about the uh, about abortion. Stop talking, please. You are no child advocate. Shocking that everyone cannot see the obvious moral hypocrisy. Seems almost logical that as God moves in courts to reduce abortion, which is hopefully going to happen, Satan manifests by attacking innocent children. If you want to stop these school and mall tragedies, stop destroying the institutions of heterosexual marriage and start honoring fathers. Every shooting since Columbine is the story of rebellious teens, absentee dads, violent video games, pornography, isolation from community, and absence of God in school and family. They key, the key to stopping violent young men is to make them healthy young men, and that is best done in families with fathers. It's best done in faith communities. That's right. God is a big factor in shaping values. This is a statistical fact, Jack. So he goes on. It's plenty of good stuff. Uh, and if I had time, I'd read it all, but we're out of time. Did you want to make a comment on that? Yeah, just one quick comment. You know, the very fact that we have kicked God out of our public school system is uh, we are seeing a devastating uh, consequence of that. It's interesting as far as a biblical perspective that uh, – 
when Moses brought the uh, Israelites out, and of course that that generation all died in the wilderness and was never able to enter into the promised land, but uh, their children uh, was there. And uh, in Deuteron in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, this old preacher uh, Moses stands before this group of young adults who's about ready to go into that land and the whole book of deuteronomy is is this older man preparing them to enter in Mm -hmm. uh, and he recites the law (coughs) reminds them again but he comes down to toward the end and in deuteronomy chapter uh, 26 27 and 28 it's a long discourse but he gives them a list of blessings and curses. And if you include God in your life, in your individual life, your collective life, your community, or even your country, that God will bless your nation. But if you exclude God, if you reject God, there are some terrible consequences to be seen. And uh, it comes down to where it's interesting that even though that principle was... He gave those to the Jewish people, but the overall principle is really we could adopt today that, you know, we include God, uh, their blessings and, uh, you know, uh, will follow. But if you totally reject God and dismiss him from society, only bad things can follow. And in Deuteronomy 28, he mentions three three different times about terror, a state of terror, terror by day and terror by night, and that you will see terror in your midst, uh, and we're seeing that terror, you know, and it's manifesting themselves in our public schools. And uh, the Bible uses the word terror. Is that what you're saying? Yes. T-E-R-R-O-R, terror. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. That's, and that's exactly what we're seeing. Yeah. We've, we've, uh, uh, we've just shown God the door. Yeah. Um, starting, like I said, 1960s, probably before that, and we continue to do it. Uh Freedom from Religion Foundation, that godless organization, Wisconsin, just uh, 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 they just sued the Parksburg City Council, so where they no no longer open in prayer now. Uh, they also uh, sued Parksburg South several years ago because they had a Bible verse on the wall, um, and we keep losing these things. And there's a reason we do. It's because um, it's because God's hand of blessing is is not on us in many, many ways, many areas. So, all right, we're going to talk next segment about books. And uh, Mark Dowler has brought several of his in, and I've brought several of mine in. And uh, we like to read. We're going to talk about uh, the books we've read, just like two or three of the last ones, just for fun. <laughs> then we'll have our uh, world-famous etiquette segment, and we're going to talk about cell phone etiquette. Buckle your seat belts, folks. It ain't gonna be fun. It ain't gonna be pretty. It's gonna slap me around myself. I, I had to read it. it you, I, the, uh, Mark and Tim don't know what it is yet, so I'll read to them to get their uh, their response. But uh, we we will read from the book called "The Art of Manliness." Brett and Kate McKay. It's a great little book, but uh, uh, it's got cell phone etiquette in it, and. Um, We'll do that. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger. Pastor Leversey is not in the building this week. He's on vacation, but we've got Mark Dowler, the Reverend and the Doctor, and his son, Tim Dowler, who, of course, works at Fellowship Baptist, where we broadcast. I need a title. Show. I need we'll a title. We'll get you one. Yeah. We'll get you a title. Um, I think, <laughs> where do you get those? Do you, can you get those online? I think so. Amazon, I think you can, I think I think you can buy those. We're going to go on Amazon and get you a title. Mm. We'll call you Producer Tim. Okay. Can we do that? Um, yeah, that works. <laughs> Chief Cook and Bottle right. Washer. If you guys would hush, I'm going to get into the... Uh, Etiquette section, world famous, and you can go anywhere in the world, pull over, talk to somebody on the sidewalk and say, have you ever heard of the etiquette segment on the Voice of Truth radio show? And they will say, no. Uh, (laughs) All right, modern technology and the new rules of etiquette, cell phones. I hate cell phones. And, I'm and yet you have one. And yet I'm addicted to my own. The cell phone, we're going to start with don'ts, all right? So we only have about three minutes here. 
we'll finish these when uh, Pastor Leversy gets back next week. But the first don't, don't talk on your cell phone when you have a captive audience. No one in the plane, train, restaurant, gym, or store <laughs> wants to be held hostage to your conversation. I say amen to that. Amen. Yes. What do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That is the worst, isn't it? Uh, we'll get a, a vicarious, uh, you guys get a vicarious thrill from my reading this. We'll just kind of let every, off steam. Every phone has a voicemail system. Use it. Yeah, right. That will go to voicemail. Number two, how are we doing on time? We good. Number two, don't use your phone in any place in which people expect a certain atmosphere. Church. <laughs> there are, mm-hmm. Pastor Dallas said church. There are certain situations in which people expect a respectful quiet to prevail. Hello. Uh, no pun intended. A cell phone should not burst this bu- uh, bubble of ambiance. Thus, you should never use your cell phone at... Church. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> At funerals, weddings, classes, church services, movies, plays, museums, etc. By allowing, uh, by even allowing your cell phone to ring, never mind speaking into it, you announce to the world that your conversation is more important than the ruminations of everyone else in the room it is the height of arrogance and god's people said amen i've been at a funeral where i've been at a funeral where (laughs) someone took a phone call it was uh it was uh, pretty rude. Hopefully it wasn't the guy in the casket. No. It was that the, would be funny. Now, I have to admit, that, no, would, that, be would, be, that would be Hold on a second. I'm busy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, got one more minute. Right Here we go. We'll get one more in. Don't talk or answer your cell phone while talking to anyone in person. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There are no exceptions to this rule. Don't answer it when you're talking to someone at a party. Don't answer it when you're eating at a restaurant. Don't answer it. When you're making a purchase or ordering food, the service or clerk is not a robot. Each is a human being deserving of your respect. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I'm going to read that first sentence again just because it's so good. Don't talk or answer your cell phone while talking to anyone in person. So that's that's the same as uh, talking to somebody, looking around the room for somebody more important to talk to. You know, when you, you realize that uh, a cell phone or even a landline, how how rude it is. I mean, and you know, even back before we had cell phones, uh, and you have company in your home, and your phone rings, your landline rings. What do you do? You automatically excuse mm-hmm. me, and you go to answer. That phone, and it's like you know, I've got guests here, but I'm making them wait on to yes. find out, talk to someone who I don't even know who's on yes, the other end. Exactly, it's uh, you're not important uh, enough for me to wait on uh, that phone call and and talk to whoever or whatever later on. All right, that's uh, that's the first three of uh, cell phone etiquette. I think we uh, I think we made a lot of progress. Oh yeah, uh, I think we solved some problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is from the Art of Manliness book, Britton Kate McKay. You're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. Have a great week, folks. See you next week. I will choose to-